Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Schwerholt here alongside Ryan Fleming, financial advisor, serving you worldwide, but based out of St. Louis right now. And you can get in touch with us by checking us out online at retirepilots.com. That's retirepilots.com. Ryan, good to be with you this week. How you been, my friend? Good morning, Walter. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing fine, except for the weather's starting to break out here, and it's not the normal warm Charleston weather I'm used to. It's 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 breaking the opposite direction out in St. Louis, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I'm tr- I'm starting to pull out clothes I haven't worn in like uh, you know almost a decade, like stuff that <laughs> I'm not used to wearing anymore. We were uh, we were just vacationing out in uh, Colorado, or it sounds like the locals say not so much Rado. That's how I've called it my entire life, but it's more Rado, Colorado. Is that the uh, you used to live out there when you were in the Air Force? Is that is that accurate the pronunciation? I, I don't know about that. I'd say the the Rado sounds like you're a little bit off the beaten path, if you know what I mean. That's that's what I think. But I've heard so, so many of the locals out there said Colorado, and I was like, okay, am I saying it wrong? Is Colorado? But I don't I've know. always been a Colorado person. Okay, but, well, that's good you know, the, to know. Yeah, but the dynamics out there have changed so much. I mean, I my twentieth reunion from the academy was this past weekend, and unfortunately, I couldn't make it because I had kid soccer games, kid basketball games, and I just couldn't pull away. But every time I'm out there, which is usually a couple times a year, I'm just amazed at how different it is there on the front range. It has grown so much. So many people have moved there. And uh, there used to be nothing between Colorado Springs and Denver. And now it's like a five-lane highway. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And still under construction, I can verify, uh, as they continue <laughs> to expand it even more as we were. It was crazy kind of driving between the two um, as there was just constant twists and turns along the highway to get onto diverted roads uh, where they were <laughs> trying to expand and build. But nonetheless, uh, same experience as you, feeling that weather turn uh, going from North Carolina out there. I went for a run uh, one morning and uh, was obviously not dressed appropriately because it's bright sunshine. I looked out the hotel room and I was like, oh, man, it looks like a beautiful morning. So I went out there to go run and about about three minutes into the run, my legs were numb. Uh, (laughs) I was in my shorts and a T-shirt. It's like I feel a little underdressed for this run in the Colorado mountains. But uh, It can can definitely get cold there on the front range and uh, something that most people don't realize is it could be a beautiful beautiful day sun's out but that sun on the west side drops below the top of the mountains there earlier than you think and as soon as you're in the shade and the sun's gone it gets cold i was amazed by how different the temperatures were day and night just how much uh, variance they had i mean we were we had a few days where we ended up in the upper 70s but then at night, we would drop into the upper 30s. So, I mean, it was quite a, quite a spread, almost 40 degrees or so. And it wasn't like it was a remarkable weather event. That was just normal, normal life, we, we found out. Yeah. And, you know, the, what they talk about in Colorado is if you don't like the weather, just wait 10 minutes. And yeah, and it'll change big time. We drove up to the top of Pikes Peak, and it was 37 degrees up there with, <laughs> with heavy, heavy, you know, huge winds, obviously. And 14,000 feet getting to experience that we you know that was a new experience as well 
breathing real heavy, trying to, what's going on with us? Why, why can't we breathe very well? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I had well, to hold on to the side of the stairwell, like to try and get down the stairs and, and get to the, get to the gift shop. And that was a so pretty the, cool experience though. Too. Evidently your body needs oxygen and, yeah, and you know, go, yeah. go, figure, go figure. Well, that's one beautiful thing about, um, out there is, is not the lack of oxygen, but you know, just all the things we're talking about, there's nothing but beauty with the front range, regardless of how many new neighborhoods they're building and the construction, you can just look up those gorgeous mountains and there's always an amazing sunset. And, you know, the front range is definitely a special, special place and a place that many people like to look at as their, their future and they're living the dream area. And you drive 15 minutes and it's a whole different world when you get in the mountains and then all the little small towns and then the diversity of those towns on the other side of the mountains. And you could live a completely different life just driving 15 minutes to a half an hour west and completely different climate, different views, different everything. And so amazing uh, to see how that transpires. That's a little bit of, uh, as you were segueing to there, Ryan, what we're talking about on today's show. We're talking about planning for the non-financial stuff in retirement, kind of, uh, you know, how are you going to live the retirement dream? But before we live it, we got to kind of figure out what that's going to look like. And I'm just curious, before we get into some of the specifics, like, do you have this as an interesting problem when you meet with clients? Are spouses always on the same page about where they're going to retire, what they're going to do, those kinds of things? Or is this part of the conversation that you usually have in addition to the financial stuff? I'm actually amazed in most cases that they haven't had more discussions about what their dream retirement looks like. It's almost like, you know, everybody wants to get to retirement, but they don't have as much of a plan or haven't really visualized what that's going to be. And I feel sorry for those couples that have a different vision of what retirement's going to be like. Um, and then the, the couples that are lucky are those ones that they've found their retirement dream vision to be the same. And I can even tell a personal story on this one, if you don't mind, Walter. Um, Please do, yeah. Yeah, you know, living in Charleston and then living in Destin, Florida, my wife and I, Carrie, always wanted to stay on the ocean. And, and that was, she was like, no, we're, we're just going to live on the water. That's the way it's going to be. And I used to always joke that, that we might be able to live near the water, but we can't afford the insurance with all the hurricanes coming through every couple of years and, and the salt water in the air just corroding everything, your vehicles, your cars. And I, so I was really pushing for lake life. And she told me, no, 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 because we just had a different vision and I didn't know how that was going to work out. Well, one morning, I made her and the kids get up at like four in the morning, and we threw them in the car, and we drove up near Clemson, uh, South Carolina, and there's a lake up there called Lake Kiwi. And I just, the lake was beautiful, and you know, so many people had talked about it. I wanted to really go up there and spend some time. And they were doing some, uh, you know, selling a bunch of lots in this developed neighborhood that they had just released. And my wife absolutely fell in love with it instantly. And Right then, our situation became much, much better because we had the same vision of what retirement was going to look like. And prior to that, we did not, and I didn't know how it was going to play out. So it's one of those things that's tough because, you know, if you and your spouse don't have the same vision, you got to figure out what it's going to look like and come to some sort of a compromise. Yeah, to pick on my parents, they're going through something similar, Ryan, because they're retiring in about a year and a half and they've, or two years, something like that, and they've really started to narrow down exactly what their retirement's going to look like. But it's been a little bit of a journey because they've lived in North Carolina for, you know, a couple of decades now and also on the coast. But dad's had about enough of the heat 
and he wants to live somewhere where it's colder in retirement since he feels like he's sort of sacrificed his desire to live elsewhere during their working years, that retirement's sort of his turn. And so they want to live in Maine. And but they're trying to figure out do we can we do like half the year in Maine and half the year in North Carolina or somewhere else? Or is it a nine month and then more of a snowbird deal where they then, you know, disappear for two or three months in the in the harsher winters? And so they're going and taking constant trips up there to put boots on the ground and look at different towns and areas and try and figure out, yeah, what exactly is the retirement that, that we want to live? Do we that he'd love to be on the water, but it doesn't want to be too far away from the main from the main highway. So they can still, you know, get out and noodle around and go up and down to different areas. So kind of they're starting to feel out that do we want to be off the beaten path a whole lot or do we want to be closer to amenities? But at the same time, they want some peace and quiet and some land. So you can't be too close to town. So they're trying to find like that perfect blend of area right now. And it's taken a lot of discussion and research and and looking and searching. And it's almost like a part-time job outside of their normal jobs of, you know, continuing to keep tabs on that and look and try and find that perfect place. And sometimes it's it's it takes that work. And I guess sometimes for other folks, it's easier. They're like, hey, we're going to move to the villages in Florida and call it a day. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, if you're more social and want to have a bunch of activities and be around peers, I mean, that's an easy, easy kill. I find a a definite separation between those that want to go to warm weather and then those that want to go to like the Northeast, kind of like you're talking about towards the, you know, colder areas or off the beaten path. But what I'm more amazed about than anything is how you talk about it being almost an adventure to try to figure out what that retirement's going to look like. And so many people, what they thought their retirement was going to be is actually totally different once they get there. That is a great point. That's that's very true. And that's why putting those boots on the grounds can actually be very helpful. Um, and do it a couple of times if you can. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, as you kind of found your future retirement spot, I'm going to guess it's not the last time that you have been there until retirement. Have you guys returned to that area a couple of times or ever tried to vacation there or plan to in the future before you actually settle on it as a retirement spot, just so you're sure you like it and, and you continue to kind of keep tabs on how the area changes throughout the years and that sort of thing? Well, absolutely. We've actually taken our kids there to vacation for you know weekends, weeks, because we want them to have that same pull to the lake that we kind of have at this point. And uh, the more we, the more time we spend there, the more we really love it. I was a little concerned that it was too far away from city life. It's about 35 to 40 minutes from Greenville, South Carolina, and about a two-hour drive to Atlanta. Because of course, you know, I need to make it to an airport to get to work. But the more, the more I've spent time out there, uh, the more I've fallen in love with it, and I kind of like being a little bit away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And uh, I've even had uh, fellow FedEx pilots. Um, moved to the neighborhood and they beat me to the punch and have already built their house and they just moved from, <laughs> they moved from Charleston up there. So I guess I do know who I'm going to hang out with in retirement. Don't, don't um, let the secret out. Well, then like everything else, I mean, the secret's out no different than uh, Colorado. The secret's been out with everybody moving yeah. there. Uh, Lake Kiwi is kind of the same way, you know, where the, the secret is out and people are moving there, which kind of pushed us away from Charleston too, just because you know, Charleston really changed because so many people had moved there that it changed the whole dynamic of the city. Well, these are the kinds of conversations that I know your clients are hopefully having with one another if they you know, have a significant other that they're working through these things with. But even if you're single, you need to ask yourself these kinds of questions and do this kind of research. And well, we've got five different areas that we can kind of walk through real quickly here, Ryan. That And we've touched on a few of these just from our personal experiences, but good to kind of list them out for folks, I think. Five different questions or five different areas where you really can sort of get this conversation going if you've had some trouble 
trouble digging into all of these different parts or evaluating different areas, um, ask yourself these five different things, and it might help facilitate that conversation, get the ball rolling, and get you closer to some solutions in regards to living the dream, what you're going to do in retirement, aside from all the financial stuff. And number one, you kind of hit on it a moment ago with the uh, pilots that you've already seen move to the same lake where you guys will eventually end up. Uh, Who are you going to hang out with in retirement? What's your social circle going to consist of? Do do you want to get away from everybody and have nobody? Or do you want to have a whole bunch of people? Do you want to meet new people? Or do you want to, um, you know, have, have somebody that you know already in the location? That can be a really underrated question because some people might think it's, easy to make new friends, but it can be harder for others. And depending on where you go, that, that's an important one to consider. Well, absolutely. And I think it's one that we kind of battle with, with pilots retiring and just with their spouse, because they've been working in a way for half the month or, you know, for the last 20 some years. And you got to ease into being around all the time coming home. And I think just getting a, uh, a pilot back into the house and realize, you know, this, their spouse realizing they're going to be around all the time going into retirement is, is a big hurdle in, of, in and of itself. And then, yes, if you're picking up and taking all those connections that you used to have in your old neighborhood and moving to someplace brand new, both of you guys are going to have to figure out what your social circles look like because you're doing it together and you're going to have to build those friends that, you know, that you left. We also so often draw our friendships and our social circles from work, and so when that disappears, even if you aren't moving really far away, can be tough to maintain even with somebody who's staying put. Yeah, and I, I think about that with uh, a lot of businesses going more virtual now. You know, you built all these relationships at the office, and so if you had those relation, relationships previously and everybody's working virtually now, you, you kind of know those people, and it's okay to have those interactions over the phone or, or over Zoom, what have you. But imagine stepping into a new position where you're trying to build that relationship with these, these colleagues that you've never seen face-to-face or interact with at the office. I think that alone you know, is, is a, a hurdle that we might face in the future. Have you ever wanted to learn more about the academic approach to investing and saving and planning for retirement that Ryan talks about here on The Pilot's Advisor? Well, if so, go visit pilotsadvisor.com pilotsadvisor.com. You can watch a quick webinar on the academic approach to investing. It'll show you how not to speculate and gamble with your money. It's all based on Nobel Prize winning research. Only takes about 10 minutes to get through the video and watch it. Going to be worth your time, I promise you. Go check it out right now, pilotsadvisor.com. It's a webinar that covers that academic approach to investing, pilotsadvisor.com. All right, back to the show. All right. Uh, another question to ask yourself would be, where will you eat? <laughs> eating is important. Uh, where are you going to eat? Are you going to be eating at home a lot? Are you going to be eating out a lot? This can be big because I guess depending on where you are, if you're going to be eating out a lot, I mean, one thing that we learned in our trip to Colorado is the the prices on the front range, although higher, are a little bit more in line of what you would see in you know just a normal city. But if you go into the small mountain towns and you just want to go out to breakfast, you might be dropping a good $50 just for some eggs and bacon and you know a biscuit and, and some coffee uh, because the prices of everything in the smaller towns is just so much higher. So if you retire to one of those destinations like a, a Vail or something like that, I mean, you're going to have a pretty expensive lifestyle if you're eating out all the time. Well, yeah. And are, are you a, f- a foodie? Is that you know something that you want to do in retirement where you're going to eat out a lot more. I mean, we got that, that actually plays into the budget, of course. I'm lucky in the sense that my, I never knew it when I, we got married, but my wife's an amazing cook. And I look at us 
where we're going to be, there's not a lot of great restaurants around, but it's okay because we, we enjoy eating at home. But it's definitely one of those questions that a, that a couple needs to uh, determine. And of course, you know, some of that obviously drives where your, your dream retirement home should be. My uh, folks pretty much never eat out. I don't know if they've eaten out for dinner in the last decade. And growing up, I think the only times we ever ate out at a restaurant for dinner were when it was part of like a get together with like a sports team, like the, you know, the soccer, the kids soccer team were getting together at the Pizza Hut for trophy presentations or something like that. You know, <laughs> like they, they'll eat out for lunch every once in a while, but they never eat out for dinner. So not real important to them, but they're going to be in Maine. And they love lobster, so their retirement's going to include a lobster budget so that they can get lobster you know once a week or something like that, so that'll be their replacement for the you know eating out a couple of times a week that once a week lobster treat or something like that so that's something that they had to kind of build into their plan and was part of their conversation. It seems silly, but it's an important thing and something that they worked through you You lost me at lobster. all I can think about now is <laughs> eating lobster because I absolutely love it, and of course, we used to fly into um, to Maine up there to refuel the airplane before we crossed the Atlantic, um, Bangor, Maine, to be more exact. Of course, many Air, yep. Air Force people know this, but we'd go to Bangor and get and get uh, lobster, and it was just amazing. And oh, I can just taste it right now. So, I, are we still doing the show? Because I I can't focus. Yeah, well, if if we need to take a break and go eat lobster for lunch, um, it's it, it's on you. But yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll meet up and make that happen. I, we have to cover a little distance between St. Louis and North Carolina, but we'll find lobster somewhere. Meet in the middle, Ryan. Yeah, it's definitely not here. We don't want to pull it out of the Mississippi River. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something a little different than a lobster, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, do, do y'all have crawfish up the crawfish up there? Crawfish, crawfish boil, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Or is that, is that, is that further south from you? That would be down in Louisiana. I have yeah. to talk, they, they talk to my good make friend it Swampy. That far up. <laughs> my good friend Swampy can help me with that. So there you go. Um, one of the ones you have on the list that we haven't brought up yet, I'd like to bring up because this is something that really yeah. defines Carrie and I, and that we talk about a lot with our retirement picture, is what will you do for exercise? Because okay, yeah, you know we're we're definitely those people that like to go out. And, you know, right now we go out and try to walk about three or four miles a day together. That's where we find a good not only get the exercise but catch up on life. And um, we constantly talk about how that's going to look in retirement. Are we going to go out on the lake and actually, you know, canoe or do something like that together? Or is it just going to be walking the neighborhood? She doesn't like going to a gym. I do. I like getting away from the house and actually going to a, to a gym because I feel like I get a little bit better workout. So if that's a part of your life, that's going to be a big factor to determine. I mean, I, I'm going to have to drive 20 minutes to get to a gym. That's a great point. And that's, uh, you know, not that you'll have extreme stress of that extra travel like when you were working or something like that but still that's you know 40 minutes out of your day every time you want to go and work out at the gym and that's worth thinking about Um, how close do you want to be to those kinds of amenities whether it be exercise or even just some other activity maybe it's golf you know so that's one question is what are you going to do for exercise but then what activities will your average day consist of do you want to golf every day and is the golf course 20 minutes away and is that too far away Do do you need to be closer to those activities that you want to do. 
all those conversations are really important. Like my my parents up in Maine want to, you know, noodle around at different towns. That's kind of how they spend their days whenever they vacation up there. They kind of just noodle in and out of all these little coastal towns. And that'll probably be what their average day is when they're, you know, when they're living up there. Um, so that is important. And one of the reasons why dad wants to be a little closer to the main road so they can zip out to, you know, that day's town of exploration. Um, and so, yeah, those things play into where you eventually pick. Walter, can you explain to me noodling around? I've heard no- you say that a couple of times noodling, on the show today. Is that, around, is that from yeah. North Carolina or is that from up, up north? Well, so my parents are originally from New Jersey. And so I've got these weird uh, sort of things that I've p- maybe picked up from dad. I don't know if they're from things that he learned from New Jersey or if they're like things that got meshed together with some sort of Southern saying. Um, so growing up in North Carolina, but having two New Jersey parents and the rest of my extended family also being from up north. Yeah, I've always had this weird mishmash of like sayings and words, but yeah, noodling around, just, you know, meandering through the day, kind of popping in between different towns. We're just, you kind of leave with a general idea of what you're going to do, but you don't set firm plans. So you just sort of noodle around and it's like a day that has a plan, but so much room in it for spontaneity. That's noodling around. I'm going to have to use that because I think I like noodling around a little bit, not yeah. having an actual itinerary. And yeah. my wife is such a planner. Like she wants it like I almost I always make fun of her and I say, well, you know, go ahead and give me the itinerary so I know what we're doing today because she likes to have it planned out to the hour to the, you know, every 15 minutes. And I, I would rather just go to some town or some city and just figure it out. Or think about it like uh, you talked about being on the lake uh, with, with the boat. You know, you might know, hey, we're going to do the boat today. We're going to be on a boat on the lake, but we're not going to decide yet if we're going to be, you know, wakeboarding or water skiing or just, you know, fishing or if we're just going to ride. You know, we'll get out there and we'll just noodle around and figure out what we want to do, see how the mood strikes us. And then we can kind of pick what we want to do, where we want to go. We'll noodle around from there. Well, I'm going to try that with Carrie. I'll see if she'll let us noodle around some yeah. more. Let her, let her pick the day's broad picture, but then noodle, noodle around instead of planning out the details. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one. So We've said noodling on this episode more than I ever thought possible, but <laughs> there you go. Well, hey there. We hope you're enjoying listening to The Pilot's Advisor today. Just wanted to take a quick moment from the show to remind you that if you have any questions ever about what Ryan talks about on the program need any assistance with your financial planning, need some guidance to get to and through retirement, or whatever financial questions might be on your mind, don't ever hesitate to reach out. The simple way to get in touch with Ryan is to pick up the phone and call or text 843-475-3038. Again, that's 843-475-3038. You can also find Ryan online at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. And as always, we put contact information to get in touch with Ryan in the description or the show notes section of the program. So just check it out on whatever app you're using, and it's easy to get in touch with Ryan. All right, now back to the show. The other one you have on there that I think is interesting. Let, is, let, let's, and, let's noodle over to the final point here, Ryan. Yeah, let's noodle over there. Um, and actually, there should be a lot of noodling with this one. How much will you travel and where will you travel? I think everybody has this vision that they're going to, you know, once they're finally done working, that they're going to travel the world and see it all, which, you know, many people do travel, but it's definitely a lot less than I think that they figured they would travel in retirement. 
So you think people make it like a really central part of their retirement when it may become something that they just do once a year. And so it's like that that's sort of, I would imagine, that really important conversation of, hey, do we base our entire retirement around travel? And then what about the other, you know, 51 weeks of the year? That gets overshadowed sometimes of how you're going to live the normal weeks in retirement versus that one big week of, of traveling somewhere. Well, exactly. And I just I just feel like, People, when they talk about retirement, really talk about how they're going to travel and do all these, you know, amazing adventures. But what actually happens is they might still travel, but then it's more, okay, we're going to see the grandkids now, or we're going to, you know, you definitely have a lot more freedom to, uh, you know, go see family or what have you. But the traveling around the world isn't really a thing because, you know, whether it's health reasons, whether it's, you know, grandkids, whether it's just not wanting to go make that much effort. And like, you know, in the retirement, you don't have to wake up at 6am if you don't feel like it. And for me, at least, that sounds amazing. That's a great point. And um, yeah, everyone's different there. I, I look at my two grandparents and uh, two sets of grandparents and the one set uh, has done all domestic travel. Both sets of grandparents have been big on travel, but the one set has been big on domestic travel and they drive everywhere. Um, so they they drive all the way from Maine to Phoenix, um, Arizona, for you know to be snowbirds most years. And then on that trip, they'll sometimes instead of going straight there, drive all the way to Florida first, then across, and then afterward they'll go visit some uh, distant relatives up in Washington State. Then they'll make it over to Yellowstone, and then they come across the northern part of the country. They'll do a full loop of the entire United States, and they did that every single year for quite a, a long period of time, and are still thinking of doing it again this year. Um, despite being almost 90 years old now, and they just continue to rock and roll. And my other set of grandparents, um, they didn't do much domestic travel other than, I think, Hilton Head, they would do once a year was sort of their spot. But they would go international every year. They'd have their one big international trip. And so that was more of their style, was to stay put throughout most of the year locally, and then they'd put all their energy and efforts into that real big couple of weeks long trip. Whether it be some, you know, big cruise, or um, they went to, I mean, so many amazing spots um, to, to, I mean, places like Russia and Egypt, and you know, just all sorts of really cool, unique locations uh, throughout throughout their retirement years. So interesting to see what what tickles people's fancies, which direction they like to go in, where they like to noodle, Ryan. Exactly. And with the noodling, um, I, we did this whole show without really talking about numbers or too much finances. But the, the main thing behind this show is you really need to talk about it. You really need to know what that vision is, because that's going to drive so many of the, the numbers in the retirement income picture. And I think it's very important for, for you to have that vision and really have it planned out going into retirement. It's a great point, Ryan. And sometimes people have a bit of a tough time facilitating that conversation on their own. And that's where you kind of come in, not to describe you so much as like a therapist, Ryan, but in reality, there is uh, an element to that, facilitating those conversations, helping people talk about these things, in addition to the numbers and the financial stuff, which is an important part of all this, right? Like answering these questions that we talked about on today's show will impact maybe what the finances, what the needs are on some of your answers. I mean, if you say we're going to eat out you know, five times a week, that's a lot different than, you know, we're going to cook, uh, you know, ramen five times a week at home for dinner. Um, that, that carries a different financial weight with it, as well as international travel versus, you know, having an RV and just doing domestic stuff. So all of these questions are really important to answer because it helps dictate what that need in retirement 
is going to look like. And so you want to talk about this stuff. You want to get on the same page with your significant other, and uh, you want to make sure that then it all fits together on the tail end of part of the process with your financial plan. And so if you want to have a conversation with Ryan about this and discuss a little bit further kind of your dream in retirement, how to make that dream happen financially, how to make all that come together, Get in touch a couple of different ways. One easy one is to go to retirepilots.com. That's retirepilots.com. Or you can call or text 843-475-3038. That's 843-475-3038. In the description of today's show, we'll put the contact info so it's easy for you to find if you were scrambling to write it down for some reason. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for the help and the guidance on the program today. Really enjoyed it. And uh, hey, let's do another episode soon. We'll do it, Walter. It's always a pleasure. Good talking with you. Yeah, good talking to you. That's Ryan Fleming. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on The Pilot's Advisor. Until then, enjoy noodling around in this this beautiful life. We'll talk to you (laughs) soon. You've been listening to The Pilot's Advisor featuring Ryan Fleming, a financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving clients worldwide, but based out of Charleston, South Carolina. If you have any questions for Ryan on what we've talked about on today's show, maybe a future topic idea, or want to talk more about getting a complimentary review of your financial plan, here's the best ways to get in touch. You can go online to the website, FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. You can also email Ryan. It's simply Ryan at FlemingFG.com. Or you can call or text to get in touch. 843-475-3038 is the number. That's 843-475-3038. Thanks for listening to The Pilot's Advisor. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, in many more locations. So whatever app you like to use, search for the Pilots Advisor podcast today and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.